Hello, hello, dear listeners. We are back with another episode with Sinane. If you remember, we had her on back in March with a two-part episode discussing QAnon and other conspiracy theories like Flat Earth. So I thought we'd have her back today to discuss The Sound of Freedom. Ever heard of it? If not, you will. Uh, Molly could not be with us today, so it'll just be Sinane and I in this discussion in case you are wondering where her voice is. So welcome to the podcast. We're happy to have you back. Thank you so much for having me again. Um, yes. I'm glad to be here. Do I get like a special theme song on my third time? I know I should. We need to make one up <laughs> and just play it every time we have you back. Every yeah. time every time crazy shit happens and Christians are involved, <laughs> which is going to be so often. <laughs> <probably>. Right. <laughs> I know. I'm like, are we glad to have you back? No, I'm just kidding. Because <laughs> that just means some weird shit went down. <laughs> I'm so sorry to be here. <laughs> I'm so sorry to be here. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I thought for our listeners, we could maybe just give them like a little brief description of Sound of Freedom in case they were blessed enough not to hear about it or all the controversies surrounding it. Um, I can't imagine they haven't, but um, I yeah. mean, I can give it or if you want to give it, whichever one you want to do. Uh, I mean, I'll get into it. You can like jump in for sure. Uh, I mean, okay. basically it was a movie, um, is a movie that was released, I want to say like July 4th of this year, 2023. Yeah. Real, real American to release on July. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> and it is a, it's based on, I'm doing air quotes. It is based on a true story. <laughs> Um, and it's about a man named Tim Ballard who founded this organization called Operation Underground Railroad. Tim Ballard was um, some sort of like Department for Homeland Security agent for like over a decade. Um, and he worked and it went to his head. <laughs> yeah, something went to his head. He um, he's a devout, like staunchly devout Mormon. And he, um, worked in like child sex trafficking, um, you know, branches of the department for Homeland security. And so he kind of took that experience, started his own organization, um, and basically started just running these, like, I'm going to call it vigilante, um, like child sex trafficking, um, busts and stings. Um, and also mm -hmm. just like a pre trigger warning for literally everything. Um, like yeah. talking about sex trafficking, sexual abuse, um, like really, really bad stuff. Um, some of it very, very, very real and some of it made up by lunatics, but basically, <laughs> um, and, and oh, also to preface literally this en entire conversation, sex trafficking and labor trafficking and human trafficking, child trafficking, th these are all extremely real and extremely serious and extremely dangerous, um, like crimes. And like, it it's a huge problem internationally and like just within the, our own country. Um, it doesn't have right. to cross borders. Um, but basically what Tim Ballard did was he started his own organization 
And he actually started several organizations. There's this whole web of organizations. And he started um, fundraising and getting a lot of like churches and people to um, donate to him. Um, and he, he ran his own like training program. To, he would use a lot of um, people who already had experience. So people who were also previous like agents, CIA agents or DHS agents, but then also just randos. Um, and he, they would like to go through some sort of training program and then they would go on these stings and they, they claimed to work with, um, law enforcement, um, especially in the United States, if they were doing anything in the United States, they were working with law enforcement. But when they went international, often there was not as rigorous of a law enforcement, like community. And so they could basically just do whatever they wanted. And they would run these, um, like sting operations where they would try to trap sex traffickers. Um, they would turn them over to local law enforcement. Um, and all of this sounds like amazing good work. All of this sounds like the absolute best thing that you could possibly do with your time and your money. And that's something that you should like absolutely 100% stand behind. And that is the message of Operation Underground Railroad. And that is the, um, like quasi real life story that the Sound of Freedom is based on. Sound of Freedom was, um, a movie played by Jim Caviezel. Um, he was the lead actor. Never heard who, of him. Oh. <laughs> um, I Passion wish, of the Christ, people. I genuinely wish I had never heard of him. I had heard of Jim Caviezel um, because he, because of Passion of the Christ, which came it's out. so unfortunate, though, because I actually do feel like he's a very talented actor. So... Kind of. <laughs> kind of? So I, I listened, felt like in The Passion of the Christ, like I was like, damn... He, he is, um, he's a, that movie. he's a very famous actor for a reason. Like he is a talented actor. Um, and a lot of the information that like I am sharing, right. I am not an expert in like sex trafficking or anything like that. Um, a lot of the information that I am like relaying is from, um, investigative journalists specifically. There's right. like a whole, um, series of articles by vice news. Um, and then also the QAnon anonymous podcast had multiple episodes on various facets of this. One of them was on Jim Caviezel and they go a, into a deep dive oh, on his really? acting career. Okay. And it turns out he's like way worse of a nut job than anybody could possibly imagine. So, oh, no. um, like, yeah. Um, but anyway, um, the sound of freedom, I will link those episodes too in the show notes so that people can go listen to them. Cause QAnon anonymous is really good. Yeah. Their and and they, they're going to do a much better job of this than I'm ever going to <laughs> be able <Yeah>. to. <laughs> but um, basically, uh, Tim, Tim Ballard is played by Jim Caviezel, and it is supposed to be based on an actual story of Tim Ballard quitting his job at the DHS, um, essentially going rogue and saving a little girl from child sex trafficking. Um, very much like Taken almost. Um, yeah, with, it sounded just like Taken right. to me. Um, and but the the movie admits that it's just based on a true story, and that they did take artistic license with a lot of things. And the operation, <laughs> including <underground>, facts, <laughs> including literally, yeah, the fabric of reality. Um, <laughs> and operation Underground Railroad has like this deep history of massively like over representing themselves and literally just like flat out lying. Um, but like, yeah, just in such a way that they can claim that they're not lying, but, um, right. basically the movie has done extremely well. It's like over 180 million in the box office right now. It's like beat out the newest, like fast and the furious movie, which is deeply upsetting. 
Um, well, what is this like the 12th <laughs> fast and the furious? Like, like, literally anything should do better than this movie, but yeah, um, that's true. Well, that's and then, true. and the other thing is that I was just at a wedding this weekend and it was, it was, uh, this fantastic, incredible event. And it was like with a bunch of people that I really didn't know. And, um, everybody was wonderful, but I did end up talking to one girl who, she was talking about the Barbie movie and how she had just seen the Barbie movie and like Barbenheimer and Oppenheimer. And like, at first she said, like, she didn't really like the Barbie movie. And it it almost had like this, like, like she didn't like the feminist message behind it or whatever. So that was like the first red flag. And then she's like, Oh, but I did just see another movie that I really liked. And she's like, Oh, what was the name of it? And immediately I was like, fuck. I was like, yeah. was it the sound of freedom? And she was like, yeah, that was it. It was the sound of freedom. And you're like, all right, I'm going to head out. I'm like <laughs> many margaritas deep at this point, And I'm just like oh, drunkenly no. ranting um, <laughs> about Tim Ballard. <laughs> um, <laughs> but why, like why it's so messed up and like, why, like, you know, her core argument, even after my drunken rant was that like, well, it's still a good thing to raise awareness, you know, like even if there are questionable elements to the operation underground railroad, which we'll get into, um, it's still good to raise awareness for child sex trafficking and that to raise awareness is a good thing. And I fully acknowledge that. However, I have a massive counter argument to this entire thing. So, well, also like, is this is not they are not the only people advocating for child sex trafficking. This has been going on for years and there are so many other organizations doing this shit and they see one movie in 2023 and they're like, "Oh my god. Uh, this is such a good message." Like, yeah, um it's been around a long time. Your head has just been in the sand apparently. Yeah, and um So what'd you tell her? I think well, I'll, I'll, I'll try to, I'll try to keep this coherent, but I can't make any promises. Um, from a Rolling Stones article, um, that was entitled why anti-trafficking experts are torching sound of freedom. Um, they spoke to a number of experts who Mm -hmm. all, um, torched the movie. And so I was trying to like drunkenly relay this, but, um, Aaron Albright, who is an attorney and former fellow for the Department of Justice with 15 years experience in anti-trafficking work, um, said that the movie is grounded in this sensational perspective of what child trafficking would be and that it is a false perception. So this is like somebody who works in the industry who would know, um, and they're saying that it is a false perception. And like one of the biggest issues with this and like another quote from this person is it creates harm when certain policies are passed because we think trafficking looks one way and it is another. So, you know, when we have this sensationalized view of this, you know, crime, then we're going to create, you know, law enforcement activities and legislation and things directed towards not the root cause of the problem. And, mm-hmm. um, there, there's a lot of spinoff issues with that. That's also going to affect like juries. Um, when you're, you're bringing like a sex trafficker to court, you're going to miss convictions because it's not, it's not going to look like how they're thinking it should look like. It doesn't look like Liam Neeson's taken. It looks more like, um, a battered wife. It's more, it's, you know, most sex trafficking is in a pimp situation where it almost looks like a relationship where that pimp is pretending to be like a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Um, and it is not like you've slapped a child into a burlap sack. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. The kidnap, you know, children and then taking them across borders. Like, I feel like that is what we, that's the only thing we see from Hollywood. Right. In regards to sex Not to say that that does not happen. And I, you know, I'm going to keep reiterating like that these things are real and it, but the majority of the issue is not like that. And there were some statistics in this. The United States State Department said that there are 600 to 800,000 people trafficked across international borders annually um, in the same article. And about half of those are underage. So you are dealing with potentially hundreds of thousands of underage minors being trafficked. Um, But, you know, to go back to like, what does this actually look like? 67% of those underage minors are between 15 and 17 years old. Not to say that that's not also horrific, but it's not like you have 90%, you know, of five-year-olds who are being bundled across the borders. Which is what Tim tries to make it seem like. I watched an interview where he was like five, six, and seven-year-olds. This is what they mostly are. And I was like, I don't, I don't know if that's 100%. No. That's kind of extreme. It's, it's almost like he wants a reaction by saying that those statistics. Oh, it's, it's all about an, an emotional reaction. And it's, it's, it's essentially, it boils down to a moral panic. And like, basically mm-hmm. the worse you make the bad guys look, the better you make yourself look or make yourself feel. Um, and the more money you get and the more money raised and all of that. Yeah. And like the other thing is that, um, the CEO of national children's Alliance, um, in the same article, she said that some of these Kids are throwaway kids. They're kicked out of their homes and trade sex for food or a place to stay. And they end up being trafficked by a pimp. In a lot of these cases, the trafficker starts out calling themselves their boyfriend or their girlfriend. Um, Overwhelmingly, these cases involve parents, um, typically who have substance abuse problems and are selling their children for drugs. Um, And um, yes. A a third expert in this article said, um, an executive director for Freedom Network USA says that the causes include like poverty, political unrest, family rejection, and the family rejection is often due to LGBTQ rejection. Um, And when you look at the statistics, uh, like overwhelmingly, especially like inside the United States, this is a homelessness issue um, more than like a... Liam Neeson taken like cartel cabal of evil QAnon Satan Satanists. Um, something like, sorry, I wrote various things down in various places, but it was something like 26% estimated um, from one source. It said that 26% of LGBTQ youth and adolescent are rejected by their families. And while the LGBTQ community only makes up three to 5% of the community of the population. Um, they make up something like potentially 40, four, zero percent of the homeless adolescent population. So wow. it's, it's a, you know, and, and then these, these experts offered their solutions, which were, uh, you know, widely available government-funded substance abuse treatment programs because of all of the substance abuse issues um, with the parents and potentially the youths, um, and then outreach at hospitals and schools and homeless youth facilities. Most of these children are also still at least part-time going to school. Um, and right, have a safe place for these kids to go. Exactly. Um, and, 
you know, and, and these experts were all talking about like the sound of freedom and operation underground railroad and like the issues with this. Um, another woman from the state department, uh, Dr. Ann Gallagher, who is a leading global expert on international law and human trafficking, um, said that operation underground railroad had an alarming lack of understanding about how sophisticated criminal trafficking networks must be approached and dismantled. And she called their activities arrogant, unethical, and illegal. Um, so just a vigilante shit, vigilante shit. And it is just a slew of actual experts who are saying that like, you are not actually addressing the actual issue. And right. You're just making like this fantasized delusional movie about how we all can save the children. Right. And that's not helping. And then, and then, okay, so then the counter argument might be, well, like, okay, well, like, those experts are working on the systemic issues, and, like, that's also good to talk about, um, but one, it, it's boring, um, you know. Sure. It's not the the Peng Pao, Bang Pao, like, action movie that everybody wants to be a part of, um, but... Uh, you know, isn't it still good that Tim Ballard is out here, like saving a couple kids? Like he saved five, 10, 20, a hundred kids, like whatever it is, like, it's still good that he's doing that. And like, I'm not sure taking that away. I'm not like, I'm not definitively saying that he has not done any good. And that's the other thing. It's like, it doesn't have to be 100% awful and hundred percent good. Like there it's, it's a mix, but as a counter argument to that as well, you have, um, you know, exactly what that last expert said that these, uh, stings are arrogant, unethical, and illegal. They are potentially endangering, even these operations are potentially, um, endangering the, the victims and the people that he is like training to do these operations. Um, there was an article. I read somewhere that he was using like real estate agents and high level donors that it was like aimed mainly at generating exciting video footage like this, like, yeah, like he was like taking his donors and being like, thanks for your money. Now I'm going <laughs> to take you in and we're going to go save some kids. It's almost like a weird, it, it reminds me of like the submarine a little bit where it's like paying to have an experience or something. If yeah. That makes sense. He's he, that's the other thing that just feels very icky. And and again, like, yeah. it's like, Oh, well he's Gives saving, the the, he's saving the lives of children. So what, you know, what does it really matter if he's making it an entertainment thing? But, um, he would, as you said, like potentially like take people who were like donors and things, but he would also, um, videotape the stings for yeah. the donors to watch privately or, mm-hmm. um, and so like, th- th- you know, the, or at fundraisers, and fundraisers and like using it in promotional videos, but like the, the children and the women and the, the victims involved did not give their consent for any of this. Um, and he's also involving, um, people who are not qualified at all to be in these situations. There was, a, a an absolutely scathing article. I want to say in vice news about how he invited a woman who was essentially a mommy blogger, a Mormon mommy blogger. Did you read this one? I didn't. Oh, oh, this was like one of the, oh my God. So he didn't, I want to know. I don't, I didn't think I wrote, I didn't write her her name, but like he invited this like Mormon mommy blogger to go on a sting with him. I want to, I'm going to mess up the details, but I want to say to like the Dominican Republic or something. And the reason that they do these in like international countries is because they don't have the law enforcement rigor that we do. And so if if they were to do this in the United States, it would be illegal. They would be arrested. Um, And so 
this, he invited this woman. The woman was like, are you sure that I'm really like qualified to be a part of this? And he was like, it's totally fine. Um, we want you there as kind of like a journalist to like record and like write about what you see. And then you can like, they can use it as like promotion material. And she absolutely went home and put that on her resume. (laughs) No, she went home traumatized because she did. Yeah. She, she, um, she had been promised that like, she would not be in any of the action, um, that she would, she wouldn't be in any kind of like dangerous position. She was just there to like observe and like write about it. But they set up and they set up a sting in like a house and they brought like the traffickers brought like 10 to 15 children to this house. And then, um, she was supposed to be like outside by the, like in the backyard or by the pool with these kids, like while the guns were flaring to like take down these like traffickers. Um, but then they, they brought her inside so that she could watch. And so she's like on the floor scared for her life as people are like drawing weapons around her. Um, and they purposefully put her in that position so that she could observe it so that she could write about it. And, um, and she, she, she comes out of this experience and she, it takes a while to process, but then, you know, one of the big things that she, she realized was that there were 10 to 15 children involved in this. They, 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 they arrested whoever they needed to arrest or whatever, but there was no follow-up care. Um, those right. children were dumped onto like whatever inadequate support systems existed in the country, um, and mm. potentially ended up back on the street the very next day. And the other thing that is absolutely horrifying about some of these situations is that the operation underground railroad, the way that they operate is potentially creating the demand for child sex slavery because they're going around to bars asking for young girls in a place where that maybe didn't exist before. And so they go up and they round up a bunch of children and, um, and then they're, they're just like left to, to their own means immediately after all of this. Tim Ballard has this video reel. I didn't, I don't know if it was that exact situation, but I did hear somewhere or read somewhere that they do not have a plan for after they rescue these kids. Like essentially they will rescue them, like you said, but then they don't have anywhere to put them or for anywhere for them to go. So I do think it's, I I do think that like their process has evolved and has changed and has potentially, you know, they would say like, oh, it's gotten better over the years and stuff, which, um, bullshit because there's multiple other cases where, um, they had aftercare, but then, Mm -hmm. you know, with the slightest amount of looking into this, and again, this is all from these like incredible investigative journalists advice, um, they looked into it and the, the aftercare programs that these like women were put into was just like made up nonsense. It was just like, they had some guy that they worked with who like started an aftercare program specifically for this. They were not experts. They were not counselors. They didn't even use the right language. Um, and like when they were asked about this by people who are in trafficking recovery programs, the trafficking recovering program people like immediately recognized that this was all a huge hoax because they spoke wrong. Um, when, when talking to, and again, I'm not like an expert in any of this, but like when speaking to survivors, um, you're, they don't call them, they don't, they may not call them survivors. They don't call them victims. They call them clients. They, they use language that is supposed to like help, give them back their autonomy and, uh, their respect and the operation underground railroad and Tim Ballard and all of their propaganda Just wanted them to stay victims is using like language. That's the complete opposite of that because it looks better for them. And then, um, 
And then the other issue is like, and, and that kind of goes towards like just the fallaciousness of all of this, because mm-hmm. one of the biggest stories that kind of broke around this whole program was, um, Tim Ballard's discussion of like one of the girls that he saved named Liliana, um, who they used her as a, as, as this huge, like repeatedly as a story of like a great success story to like drum up a lot of like money and things. And the, the truth behind it was that the, and and they kept saying it was like a, it was a 12 or 13 year old girl and like they had saved her and all this stuff. The truth is that like, she had been almost 14 years old. She had been trafficked. I want to say from Mexico, like to New York city by somebody who was like claiming to be her boyfriend. So like a a kind of a pimp situation. And she had saved herself. She had been in like, you know, a, a trafficking situation for many years. And then she escaped by herself like 10 years ago. And she's now in her twenties and Tim Ballard is now like, they got in contact with her or something. And now he was using her as like this success story, pretending like she was still like a 13 year old girl and then pretending like operation underground railroad had anything to do with it. And they didn't. Um, and there were similar situations with like a different sting that they had done and had saved like, I don't remember how many, I want to say like 26 women. They had like broken into a, a, brothel of sorts and like taken all of these women out. Um, and there were some questions on that, on if those women were actually being trafficked or if they were kind of voluntarily being, uh, working as sex workers. Um, and then where those women are now, where Ballard's organization put them, um, nobody really knows. And, um, I don't like that. No, I don't like that at all. No. And they were used. They should have extensive records. I feel like of where they put these children, especially because they preach like, oh, this happens because we're not keeping record of like where the children go after they cross the border, et cetera. He said that in an interview, the Biden administration was because we don't have a wall, which felt very like Trumpy to me, um, is this is why they get to just be taken by anyone who is their sponsor or something. And I'm like, man, for someone who like apparently cares about like records and, and really double checking shit, like you probably don't know where half your kids went. And he was claiming that he still is in contact with these young men and women that he saved, you know, and I really doubt that. I really 100% doubt that. And they also said that like the, the reporters also have like said that like, it's, it's almost impossible to find any kind of verifiable information on any of his stories. Um, and, and the, the OUR that, you know, they claim that it's all like confidential or like it, it would compromise existing investigations, um, or it might put their agents at risk if like the bad guys found out like where they were and that kind of thing. But like, um, sure. None, none of it like... is, there's no oversight. Um, and there's, there's plenty of evidence to show that there are, ethical concerns and safety Mm -hmm. concerns. Um, and in the movie, the sound of freedom and like, honestly, this, like this whole discussion, like the sound of freedom is only a very small part of this. It's really just kind of like the icing on the cake. Um, but in the sound of freedom movie, um, there's a part where they go in like kind of pretending to be like doctors or like a part of a doctor group. Um, and like that is based off supposed to be based off of like a real life situation as well. And then you, but you also have to think about like, again, in kind of like a vigilante situation, um, they're pretending to be like UN doctors, 
what if you and doctors then go back there someday to actually try to provide vaccines and stuff? They have just burnt that bridge entirely for like all of these other organizations and things. So, right, right. They're not thinking of other and they're not communicating. They don't, they don't report to anyone either. And so that's how I could see there being a problem, right? You might be sabotaging other plans at work for maybe a larger amount of children or a larger, you know, trying to get to the core of the child sex trafficking in that country or whatever that you don't know about. And you go and you just sabotage it because you're more concerned about going on your little blunder missions and shit like that. Like I could see how that would be, that would fuck a lot of things up. Yeah. And, and and again, potentially like they are saving lives. They are potentially saving children from sex trafficking situations. Again, like there's a lot of confusion of like, you know, how much truth there is to some of their stories and things. Right. And that sounds like a good thing to do, but there just needs to be some discussion. There needs to be some accountability, criticism, accountability, oversight. Like there needs to be a discussion on this. And what is the current situation is that there is not, if you say anything potentially condemning of the sound of freedom movement or the operation underground railroad movement, then you are a like pro child sex trafficking, which is the most ridiculous thing in the entire world. And, um, and Tim Ballard used the word pedophiles. Yeah. He doesn't even use really the, the words like child, child, child sex trafficking or things like that. And all of the interviews I watched, he was like, I'm, I'm, you know, out to get the pedophiles. And then like tries to correlate that to the left and Mm -hmm. their agenda and all of this stuff. He's making it very political. And it almost just feels like he, when, when someone in an organization like that, and who's supposedly been doing it for years and who has a lot of knowledge in this area, he certainly doesn't talk like it. And that's kind of concerning. It's extremely, it's extremely concerning because it's an extremely powerful propaganda missive. So, and, and this like really goes into kind of like my experience in like the 2020 world. Um, yeah, the QAnon stuff, the QAnon stuff, because most of my immediate family in the, the QAnon conspiracy theory, like situation, they went hard, like medical misinformation, like anti-vaxxer stuff, anti-mask, like the government is lying to oh, you about okay. like the CDC numbers are fake and like whatever. But my best friend, my maid of honor at my wedding, she went really hard on the more sex trafficking QAnon conspiracy theory. So there were, you know, they, they go hand in hand. It's impossible to talk about one without the other, but Um, she went really hard on, um, worried about like voter fraud and child sex trafficking. Her friend was sharing things about how like face masks were child. It always comes down to children, child abuse and how, um, yeah. And how there were these massive rings of like pedophile sex trafficking. And, um, Mm -hmm. when I didn't know what QAnon was like, this was like bizarre, but then, you know, once I did figure out what QAnon was, I went to, you know, my best friend, this girl that I had been like best friends with since we were 12 years old. And I was like, Hey, look, like, I know what QAnon is now. This is like, this is where all this stuff is coming from. Like we need to like, um, just be aware of this and like watch out for it. And she, and and I told her, I was like, so the, the heart of QAnon is that there are, there's a satanic cabal of like billionaire elites who are pulling the strings of global governments and economies to drive the world towards like a one world order. And they're running these rings, massive rings of international politics and the media. And yeah, the media is a big thing. 
Um, mm-hmm. but they're running these rings of massive underground child sex trafficking rings. Um, and then they are performing like blood sacrifice satanic rituals to extract a- adrenochrome, um, which is like oxidized adrenaline, which is a real substance, but like, doesn't like, doesn't do anything. I'm pretty sure you can buy it on Amazon, but like, they think <laughs> that it's like an anti-aging serum for they the They found a big elite. word and they thought they sounded cool. So they started using it. <laughs> literally, literally. Um, they were like, oh, we're going to harvest the blood of kidnapped children. Yeah. And, like, and we're going to call it <laughs> adrenochrome. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, What world do we live in? It's so messed up, but they, uh, like, it's literally, it's just the sickest thing they could think of. It is the single sickest thing that they could possibly think of. And so the, and so they're saying, okay, well then that must be what, you know, the in group out group, uh, you know, left and right. Then, you know, oh, the, the left is bad. Well, now the left is doing the absolute worst thing that I could possibly think of to justify them, you know, being the bad guys. And so, um, but my friend, you know, I, I went to her and I was like, Hey, like, this is what QAnon is. Uh, they think that like, and I can, I can find the text message. Like I, at the time I was still like thinking that it was kind of a joke and that she would snap out of it. And I was like, they think that Hillary Clinton is eating babies like LOL. And she like, just didn't really engage with that. And like over the course of several months, um, you know, she, she did eventually get back to me and I wrote this down and I will literally, die being like furious about this because it's just so, what is the word? Like illogical. It's just so detached from like common sense and like this critical thinking. It's like so detached yeah. from critical thinking. She said, well, she's just not living in reality. She's not. And she says, which is scary. It bothers me greatly that you don't think human trafficking is real. Seriously. Do some research. <laughs> Bitch, did I say it wasn't real? Or did I tell you that Hillary Clinton isn't eating babies? Exactly. And (laughs) pick a lane. That is, I think, exactly the situation that almost anybody who's talking about this is going to come across. Like, like, if you talk to anyone about this, they're either going to say, well, it's okay because they're raising awareness, or they're going to say, like, oh, I can't believe that you don't believe in child sex trafficking. And, like, that's literally not what we said. Um, No. And and also, I don't understand how people are just now hearing about child sex trafficking, or even in 2020, how you were just hearing about it. It has been being fought, for lack of a better word, by organizations for years and years and years and years. And it's not just Christians. There's people that actually know what the fuck they're doing, and they're doing it. Right. And you want the people who, with such a serious and legitimate and real, like, like literally the worst thing you can possibly think of would be sex trafficking with such a serious issue. You want legitimate people working against it. You you want people who are like extremely professional and, uh, and you want them to be accountable to people, right? You, you want the best that you can possibly get and not just like slapstick, throw some spaghetti at the wall and like, Oh, well, we're raising awareness. You know, like you want like the the best of the best working on this. And instead you have Tim Ballard and operation underground railroad. And they are so they're deeply connected to, and like, you cannot get away from this. You can't ignore this deeply connected to conspiracy theories. And yeah, Um, apparently Caviezel like actually admitted and claimed that Ballard told him about child sex or child traffickers role in harvesting the chemical at a conservative conference in 2021. Like Tim Ballard (laughs) has not himself. He's not well. 
well, he's not well, <laughs> but um, he he has not himself come out and said that said anything pro QAnon. Right. He ha- he has. He apparently doesn't know what it is. If you watch the interview on Fox News. Right. He. he but Caviezel's probably not lying about this. Probably not. He said it at a conference. Well, and the thing is that like, so even if like, even if Tim Ballard was like, no, I don't believe in QAnon, he's still working with Jim Caviezel and sharing a stage with Jim Caviezel and like promoting this movie with a man who he knows is the most lunatic fringe possible because Jim Caviezel, we'll we'll talk about Jim Caviezel for a second. Number one, let's do it. He, uh, He's a, he's a big time movie star. You know, he played Jesus in the passion of the Christ. So he already has like super street cred among, among the white people. He was on person of interest, which had five seasons. Um, it was on, there was CSI person of interest. I mean, five seasons. Um, oh, he was in freaking the count of Monte Cristo, which yeah. is a fantastic movie. He's been in a couple of really good things, but, um, and again, if you go to that QAnon Anonymous uh, podcast episode, it's hilarious. I'm, I'm going to do it. They talk to several people who worked on on the um, scene of person of interest with Jim Caviezel, and they get, like, the absolute dirt on him. Apparently, like, he could not remember any lines. Like, he would tape his lines. What? He would tape his lines to his, like, to the face of whoever he was talking to so that he could just... <laughs> Cannot be real. He had to have flashcards that literally just said no. <laughs> There's like someone in the word. back with like a giant poster board, just like changing them out each time. Like, yeah, this is what you say next. Well, uh, and I mean that's just like kind of funny, but like apparently he. Well, often- then how in the world did he learn Arabic? Wasn't that Arabic he was speaking in Passion of the Christ? He was it. I don't know. How the I fuck don't know. did he learn that shit? I I don't know, but he um, apparently also would. Um, just be very violent to the point where like they, they had to ban him from like driving vehicles on scene anymore. Cause he almost ran people over. He was not allowed to have blanks in his fake guns anymore because he would just get like too excited about like, and he would try to incorporate more violence into every scene than was necessary. He like repeatedly like choked people out and like actually like potentially hurt people on scene. Um, Oh my God. And would talk about Hitler all the time. And like in a not negative way. So is light. he a Nazi too? I mean, <laughs> probably. Yeah, sure. Like he's he would talk about Hitler in a less than negative light, and he would make a lot of like a, like aggressively homophobic statements. Like wouldn't work with LGBTQ people. Uh, made you know female coworkers uncomfortable, um, and like it was just like a he was a whole mess. He's a whole mess. But then, um, and, and I think it was interesting that he he would claim that he had brain damage because of like past like sports injuries. Um, and then Was also, he a football player? uh, I don't know. In the podcast, I think they just said like sports, but, um, <laughs> go sports, it goes sports. Uh, that's as much as I care about it anyway. And then, uh, <laughs> and then, and this is literally like, this is like my, I mean, this is awful. A man, like a man was hurt, but it's literally my favorite thing to have ever <laughs> a happened. Man was hurt. <laughs> it's like so funny because evangelicals are like so superstitious, you know, there's like, Oh, it's a sign from God or like, like whatever. It's definitely a demon. It's a demon. It's a demon. Um, (laughs) my roommate and I, when we were in college, like we were still like very much evangelicals. Anytime there was like a noise in the middle of the night, we'd just be like demon. Demon. (laughs) But, uh, she, yep. (laughs) Jim Caviezel, when he was playing Jesus Christ 
in the Passion of the Christ was struck by lightning. Oh, dude, I remember. Twice. I remember hearing that. Yes. The man was literally smited by God. All right. (laughs) (laughs) This is what we call taking the Lord's name in vain. (laughs) Smite. And then, yeah, literally. And then, uh, you know, and he claimed that like this all contributed to like actual brain damage and stuff. So like, that's why he couldn't remember his lines and things. But then you listen to him talk and you're like, you know what, of everything that you've said, that's what I believe, you know, because. Yeah. um, Electrocution to the brain is not good. He got. As we know from the 1800s. Yeah. And their mental institutions. Recently, I have started prioritizing my health and wellness habits, like exercising, eating better, and hydrating. Sometimes drinking 96 ounces of water a day can be a lot to do. That's why I like to use Liquid IV to give me some help with my hydration goals. With three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink, plus eight vitamins and nutrients for everyday wellness, Liquid IV hydrates two times faster than water alone. Plus, you can keep your daily routine exciting with three new flavors, white peach, green grape, and lemon lime, so you can switch it up and make your taste buds happy. I like to use it before a workout, when I'm feeling run down, or after a long night out because your girl is too old for hangovers. I love Liquid IV's convenient packaging. It's individual and ready to go so you can just be your hydrated and fabulous self. I know I feel better when I'm hydrated. And if you're wondering about the sugar, honey, don't. It's sugar-free. There are no artificial sweeteners and zero sugar. With a proprietary amino acid allulose blend for a sweet taste without the calories or raised blood glucose levels you get from sugar. It's non-GMO and free from gluten, dairy, and soy. Get 20% off when you grab your Liquid IV Hydration Multiplier sugar-free or any other variant at liquidiv.com and use code CHEERS at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code CHEERS at liquidiv.com. And didn't they like claim demonic stuff happened while they were trying to make that film too. I feel like this coming back to oh, me, I, I watched extras with my parents when this first came out. And I feel like they were saying something to that caliber of like, the devil tried to make us like, stop us from filming this. I know you that know? Jim Caviezel and Mel Gibson, who was the director for the passion of the Christ, both like yeah. repeatedly all the time in interviews would talk about how they were never going to work in Hollywood again and how they were going to be so yeah. persecuted for sharing this Christian message, which was totally yeah, bullshit. Mel Gibson was like, Jim, you're never going to get another normal Hollywood job. The passion of the Christ. And you know what? He didn't. So <laughs> yeah, the, the passion of the Christ literally was like the number one rated R movie in the United States for like 10 plus years or something like they're, they're just like drama queens. Um, they are, but, but basically he got t- Jim Caviezel got turned on to this like whole child sex trafficking thing and the QAnon thing specifically. And, um, he just like went all in on it. And so he literally is like touring with QAnon like conventions and conferences and like sharing the stage with the most ridiculous QAnon like influencers imaginable, like uh, general Michael Flynn. Um, and, talking about adrenochrome like in i think like press conferences where he's supposed to be promoting the sound of freedom movie he's literally talking about adrenochrome there was a he went oh my god he went on um 
Let me see. Oh, yeah. So he spoke at the uh, Forgotten Country Patriot Double Down QAnon Conference. And I could be wrong, but I think... <laughs> Double Down. Yeah. I think that Love one that. was organized by a guy named QAnon John. Like, it's just... It's a QAnon <laughs> conference. Um, yes. I didn't know they had conferences. Oh, they... they t- it's a whole thing. Like, there's big ones going on right now. Anything that Michael Flynn is involved with is... A, is it's just QAnon. Um, that was wild. But Steve, Steve Bannon... Do you know who Steve Bannon is? Sounds super familiar. He worked in like the Trump administration. He runs like this podcast called the war room. He is like a hard alt writer. Um, okay. And yes. like very, yes. very okay. awful. Um, but it's coming back to me, his big podcast is called the war room. Jim Caviezel went and spoke on Steve Bannon's war room. And in that conversation, he talked, he's talking about like the biblical end times. He's talking about how like he complains that you can't talk about adrenochrome anymore um, and that his agents dropped him because he wouldn't stop talking about adrenochrome and how you can't talk about George Soros. Uh, and then, uh, you know, QAnon followers are warriors. And then uh, this was my favorite. He said that uh, and this is where I was like, oh, I see the brain damage coming through a little bit. But he was like, <laughs> uh, Q really just means like, what even is Q? You know, like, no, like QAnon isn't even a thing. He's like, Q really just means question, you know, like question q anon <laughs> it's the same mm, thing <laughs> like, i feel like you're really trying to make something fit that's not fitting there it's, also we it's literally like, have a documentary about q anon and where it, the origin is from and all of that so maybe go watch something that you're heavily involved in and f- like it means something it's not just question <laughs> they know exactly what it is and and they just are trying to they think that like they're speaking in code and like nobody knows what they're talking about but like mm. everybody knows what they're talking about um and then yeah. in another at another conference at a medical freedom conference so this is more i think it was like heavy like anti-covid denialism stuff uh, he said they're pulling children out of the darkest recesses of hell all kinds of places uh, the adrenochroming of children. So he like will not shut up about adrenochrome. So like Jim Caviezel. Can we get a doctor in here? (laughs) Can we talk about adrenochrome next? Because what the fuck? He's the poster child for like just deranged QAnon believer. Okay. And then you have Tim Ballard who is more sensible on the surface saying like, Oh, I don't believe in QAnon, but then sitting right next to Jim Caviezel talking about sex trafficking. Right. And like you guys are buddies and you don't believe in it. Sure. Right. And then, and you know, kind of to go back to like this, it's, it's, it's not just about operation underground railroad or Tim Ballard or Jim Caviezel. It is a part of this like larger milieu of like, it's not even QAnon. It's just kind of become this huge amorphous thing. And, um, in the summer of 2020, we saw, so basically 2020 was, you know, the end of the world. And at the beginning you had COVID and that like massively, kind of activated a bunch of people into conspiracy theories. And then in the summer of 2020, you had this hashtag save the children campaign, which was like the second, like huge impetus towards like soft. My Facebook was blowing up with that shit from Christians. I knew growing up, right? It was maddening. And then in the fall of 2020, you had the election and the voter fraud stuff. And it was just kind of like the nail in the coffin, but the hashtag save the children movement was like this. It's it, it, Honestly, I think it was one of, aside from COVID, it was probably, it's like one of the biggest and like most overlooked parts of like this whole history because everybody focuses on like COVID and voter fraud, but like the Save the Children thing was so big and uh, people call it pastel QAnon. 
um, because uh, basically QAnon promoters, like uh, influencers, purposefully mm-hmm. stole the hashtag Save the Children. Save the Children is an actual legitimate charity, and they basically just like stole their That's hashtag. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. They've been doing It was like, kind of like the hashtag what do, Black Lives Matter. Didn't white people also kind of steal that? Didn't that mean something else as well? Wasn't that an organization or something? And during BLM, I know you probably don't know this, but I thought that this was something that was also kind of stolen and and muddied up. And all of a sudden the hashtag was just gone, you know, because yeah. everyone had was just hashtagging Black Lives Matter. Right. It's the same with hashtag Save the Children. Like it was disrupting an actual organization's efforts to, you know, raise awareness and right. shit. But yeah, same, hashtag same save thing the children happened. was everywhere. They did the they did it on purpose. Like people purposefully did this. Launched it from like Reddit and 8chan um and like these random okay. weirdo websites onto Instagram and Facebook where like the majority of people live. And so and it got picked up like child sex trafficking is like this, you know, huge moral issue got picked up by the moms, the Christian moms and the Mormon moms who were super active on these like mommy Morgan, uh, Mormon mommy blogger websites. And, um, with their Mm -hmm. like highly aesthetic, like Instagram platforms, you know, everything's in like pastel and everything's like inspirational quotes and pictures of children. And now you're starting to get like these like weird QAnon fake child trafficking statistics, but like decorated with flowers and things because the mommies have picked it up and, Mm -hmm. um, it massively, massively gained in popularity. And, um, somebody wrote an article about that. It was like in July of 2020, there was like a 3000% month over month hashtag growth for hashtag save the children and like 114 anti-trafficking online groups, which were actually dominated by QAnon. And then by August, there were thousands of QAnon pages with 3 million plus QAnon Facebook followers. Um, and, and like, so this all happened in, you know, just like a month or two in the summer of 2020 and it, it like exploded. And that is exactly when it hit me. That's exactly when my mm, friends started okay. talking to me about it uh, because it, it became mainstream thanks to save the children. And it, the, and then again, the issue with this, and it was the same exact argument. This is the argument that I had with my friend. She was just like, I can't believe you don't like support this. Um, you know, we're raising awareness, all of this stuff, but they were raising awareness about something that didn't exist. They were talking about like, dumbs, deep underground. Oh, I forget what it stands for, but like deep underground tunnels and like mole children and how like the cabal of QAnon was breeding children in tunnels under every major city and like, Oh wow. And, I did and sacrificing them for adrenochrome. Getting that far down in that rabbit hole. Oh my well, God. All of this stuff was <laughs> like just not real. And so Oh, mold children? mold children sounds like a weird sci-fi lifetime movie. <laughs> I the <wish>. mold children. <laughs> what I, I wish. Um, well, and, and then the other thing that like really launched this at the same time was um, the Wayfair scandal. And right, the- I remember that. I was also like, <laughs> what? <laughs> In the pizza thing too. Pizzagate was like a little bit more extreme and like people kind of used the Wayfair scandal and save the children to kind of get into Pizzagate. But like, okay, they all happened at the same time. I don't know which came first. I think, well, Pizzagate came first, but like Wayfair was. Pizzagate came first and then. 
yeah. Wayfair. So Pizzagate actually, I think, was back in like 2016. So we were talking like four really? years prior to this. Yeah, because that predated QAnon. Um, oh. And that was the, I don't like, know why I thought that was around 2022. Well, because it gained a ton more traction after people started paying attention. I didn't hear about it until then probably is what it was. But the the whole the whole Wayfair scandal thing was... You're right, 2016. Yeah, because it was when Hillary was still the president and they thought, or uh, was running for president. Hillary was still the president. (laughs) I've just decided to live in my own reality. Yeah, I was like, what reality are you living in? (laughs) (laughs) Running for president. But uh, when the Wayfair thing happened, like, my other friend believed it. And, like, I talked to her about it and I had to explain that, like, no, that's a conspiracy theory. And, like, she listened to me. But um, there was... In response to the Wayfair scandal, um, the United States National Human Trafficking Hotline was flooded with hundreds of reports to the point where they had to put out an official statement that said, the extreme volume of these contacts has made it more difficult for the trafficking hotline to provide support and attention to others who are in need of help. So this awareness that these people were so eager to bring to the issue was actively harming legitimate organizations. And that was specifically to the Wayfair scandal, when the hashtag save the children thing really blew up immediately after that, multiple other organizations had to put out similar statements. And my favorite, this is a ridiculous statement, but I have a favorite. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) My favorite ridiculous statement is. (laughs) My my favorite, like, (laughs) anti-conspiracy theory, child sex trafficking uh, statement was casually from kids safe. They said, uh, QAnon promoters are parasites. And I'm just like, go off queen. Uh, And (laughs) to grow their footprint, gain credibility and spread misinformation, they associate their message of hate and bigotry with well-known, well-regarded organizations, specifically those working to end child sexual abuse and sexual traffic and sex trafficking. That strategy threatens to diminish our identities, tarnish our reputations and harm our good works. So you had legitimate organizations who have been working for years or decades to end these awful crimes on a systemic level, um, through official legitimate channels. And now you have a bunch of people who are like ranting and raving about children in cabinets and like mold people, um, mm-hmm. flooding their systems. And so that is the danger. And then you had t- Tim Ballard, uh, to tie this back to Operation Underground Railroad in response to the Wayfair thing. He put out a statement and, you know, he had condemned QAnon, but he said, in regards to Wayfair, law enforcement's going to flush that out uh, and we'll get our answers sooner than later. But I want to tell you this, children are sold that way. No question about it. Children are sold on social media platforms and on websites and so forth. So, and he is so masterful at playing this line because yeah, I'm like, sex trafficking does occur online and on social media. And what he said is technically true, but in the context that he said this, he's fueling the flames of the Wayfair conspiracy theory. And he knows exactly what he's doing. And, and that's exactly, that's exactly the line that Trump played for a very long time with like the QAnon conspiracy theories. Like he would never like flat out condemn it. Um, but he would never like fully endorse it. So like, um, and then the, the other issue with a lot of this and it it gets a little bit anecdotal is that like there were legitimate crimes. I mean, 
that spun off of these beliefs. So there was a whole string of like QAnon related crimes, but specifically these like fake sex trafficking, fear mongering ideas created this area for crime. So like um, in 2020, there was a whole bunch. There was a woman in 2020 named Cecilia Fulbright who like saw a woman in a car with a child and like started chasing them with her car and they escaped. But then she found like a 19 year old girl or something like driving her car by herself. The Cecilia Fulbright convinced herself that there were children being trafficked in this random car and like rammed into her vehicle repeatedly. Um, and just attacked a random person. And then when the police got there, this woman is ranting and raving about how there's like sex children trafficking victims, like in this like poor teenage girl's car. And then in the same year, 2020, another woman named Neely Petrie Blanchard, um, there was this huge idea that the foster care system was a farm for the cabal's child sex trafficking. And that like, if your kids got taken into the foster care system, they were going to get trafficked. And so there was this guy who, I mean, foster children are abused in the foster system, which <laughs> but that's is the a little issue bit... you should be focusing on. You should be focusing right, on that that's... issue because if you're focusing on like a cabal, you're not going to fix the issue. Right. But she, um, there's a there's a different conspiracy theory called the sovereign citizen movement where they believe that like they are a citizen of like the sovereign nation and that they don't um, have to follow the laws of the United States and they don't have to pay taxes and things. Um, no, no, it's fine. I'm of the sovereign. Exactly, and well, like they think Union. that like thanks to some I'm above like, the law. Exactly, <laughs> thanks to some obscure like. 1870s act that passed back and like that had nothing to do with anything. They think that like the United States turned into a corporation and not a country. And so they don't have to like obey the laws of the court. I don't know. It's a whole thing. If there's gold fringe on the United States flag, then like it means you're in a fake court. Like it's, it's all bullshit, but more conspiracy theories. This woman had a sovereign citizen lawyer, um, a man on the internet was giving her like legal advice. He was a sovereign citizen and he was basically Good. encouraging people to go and kidnap their children out of the foster care system. And she became like this, this was an issue. And then she, this woman became convinced at some point that her sovereign citizen lawyer was a part of the cabal. And then she went and she murdered him. Um, and what, <laughs> What? <laughs> and then in 2020, also another woman named Cecilia Absug, um, she was arrested for a plot to kidnap her child out of the foster care system. I don't think she successfully did that. Um, and then in 20, 20- she kidnapped her child. What do you mean her child? Her child had like, been taken by the the foster care system. Okay, and so she was like, and she went to back. kidnap them back. Um, okay, well now we know why they kidnapped her. Well, I think that child. she had. Um, one of these women had Munchausen's by proxy and so like was not okay. fit. Um, yes. But then in, 20, in 2021, serious. there was like a whole nother one where there was a guy named Troy Burke who became convinced that his wife was a secret CIA agent who was trafficking children for the cabal and he shot her dead. Um, and, and then there's like multiple other, like, this just sounds like mental illness. And that's and the thing. Becoming obsessed with things that like OCD about child, like this is, so scary. That's why I say that like, those are all kind of like anecdotal situations. I think that a lot of them sure. did have a lot to do with like mental health issues and schizophrenia. Right. Um, there were other, but also 
you can become so obsessed with something, I think. And especially if you're not quite living in reality, which we could say about a lot of Christians. Yeah. Um, and so I could see how it could happen, but that's the danger with this narrative and perpetuating the story. And yeah. Well, and then you see what happened with January 6th, like on a, on a large scale, a lot of people were encouraged to go commit various treasonous crimes, but like, um, it is when you have, that was that all almost like exclusively occurred in 2020 and 2021 when you were at like the height of this like moral panic around save the children. And now that we have the sound of freedom movie coming out and they're trying to like revamp this like moral panic. I think that we're potentially going to see more of these awful little stories like spinning off of it. Um, Mm -hmm. in, in addition to the systemic issues of like distracting from legitimate organizations, um, and back to, and it's all deeply connected to QAnon. So like the America's future incorporated is an organization that was just essentially taken over by general Michael Flynn, who um, I I mentioned earlier is like super in charge of QAnon. Okay. He and like his whole family and like a bunch of people that he knew, like basically took over this organization. And um, they just had a summit in Sarasota, Florida, where they were, Hosted by Laura Logan, who is another, like, very staunch QAnon supporter, um, has said things like, world leaders dying on the blood of children. She used to work for CBS and CNN, and then she went, like, hardcore QAnon. Um, the board for this organization is filled with people like Tracy Beans Diaz, who was one of the first social media influencers to promote QAnon from Atrium onto YouTube. Like she was literally like day one of QAnon. She was the number one promoter. Um, and then also okay. the guy who made the out of shadows movie, which is another one of those moments in like the QAnon history where it just massively exploded. He made this like documentary, like documentary. Um, and Liz Crokin, Liz Crokin, uh, is the woman who red pilled Marjorie Taylor green. So like, these are the deepest QAnon people that you could possibly possibly find and they're all involved in this like America's Future Incorporated organization um and they are they ran this like summit recently in Florida um where they were promoting another event that they're going to be having where they are um well, one day was like, just like uh, this summit. And then like the next day was kind of like a quasi training program or just like an information program specifically targeted to, as you said earlier, real estate agents and like home appraisers to train them to spot signs of child sex trafficking. Like when they go to people's oh, homes. Oh, that's why we got real estate agents. Okay. Yeah. And they were talking about how like at the, at this conference where they are mm-hmm. tra- training people and training is in air quotes again about these issues. They were talking right. about children in burlap sacks and hundreds of people bidding at like an, an auction for like to buy children. Which is literally a scene from Taken. Literally a scene so. from Taken. Having um, barcode tattoos and microchip tracking devices injected into their arms and blood mm-hmm. harvesting. So now you're just like yes. deep into QAnon. Like this is being said on stage at this event. And, and then they're going to train real estate agents to come into your home. Like... <laughs> And first of all, they don't even have any training themselves. Who are they? What are you trained? Where are your credentials? There are none. What, what do you have to train these people? You're not, you're not a trained agent from like, 
the DHS that's like, you know, whatever. Like you, you, you're just someone who bought it, who took over an organization. And Tim Ballard. Which is so scary. Tim Ballard has those credentials and he's still basically screwing the pooch on this. Um, right. But, but so the woman who was like relaying this story was, um, at, at this conference was the director of an organization called Association for the Recovery of Children. And she was married to the president of this organization. And they okay. are, the uh, America's Future Incorporated is promoting a training program that they are running later, I think this year, um, that is like a, like a week long event where they are going to um, train people to actually launch operations, to actually like set up uh, safe houses and to like counsel people on like how to talk to survivors and like how to counsel survivors and how to like set up stings for themselves. And, um, which sounds so incredibly irresponsible and dangerous. Well, it sounds exactly like the sound of freedom and the, the, the direct, the president of this, when he was speaking, he said like, if the police don't have the bandwidth, be prepared to run these operations on your own. Um, yeah. And, you know, Michael Flynn followed up with this to close out that, that, that conference with like, you know, we have to make sacrifices. Like you decide how much you want to get involved. And they're literally now training people to be the vigilante actors that they see on the screen at sound of freedom. Um, because you're dealing with this, like ultimately this like moral panic of, you have to have like an absolute evil to define your in-group and out-group and the more evil they are, the better you feel about yourself. And you start with a soft pill. You start with this idea of like child sex trafficking is bad. And then you go onto like an Instagram page that is sharing this information and mixed in with that, you're going to see stuff that's like staunchly pro Trump and stuff that says that face masks are child abuse and that like the vaccine is microchips and that the, the sex trafficked children have microchips. And so like it, like you can't avoid one without the other. You then fall into this entire like milieu of just the most toxic conspiracy theory nonsense that you can possibly find. Um, and if you question it at all, then I can't You're believe you don't child. believe, I, I can't yes. believe you don't believe in child sex trafficking, you know? So, which is such a, yeah, it's, it's, it's like, it's something where you can't have a logical conversation with someone. It's a, it's a very like, I know not all these people are Christian, but I'm sure a lot of them are evangelical and it's sort of like part of their weird circle thinking where they're like, oh, so you just think this. And that's not even what you said at all. It's like taking one thing that you said and being like, oh, well, I got you with this one. Because if you say that child sex trafficking isn't bad, then you're the immoral one. Yeah. And that's just not what it is. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I hate it. Because again, I remember hearing about this for a long time. And I remember hearing about other organizations for a long time with child sex trafficking. So when I saw these mommies up on Facebook being like, save the children, I was like, what are you doing? I remember someone had back to your little antidotes. Um, it was 
someone talked about someone asking about their child in a Walmart parking lot or something. And they were like, they asked about it and they were asking these really weird questions. And I got away from them as fast as I could because I guarantee they were trying to take my child so they could sex traffic her. And I was like, I literally commented and I was like, this is so insane that you would say that. Um, because that's not what was happening. Immediately, like immediately in 2020 and like after 2020, I remember seeing it like well after 2020 into 2021, 2022, like that's exactly what happened is you got, uh, they, it, that's they just were a making conspiracy stuff theory. up. There was a yes. huge, like, uh, like the Wayfair panic, there was a huge target panic. Like everybody thought that their kids were trying to get like sex trafficked at target and like they were going to get snatched and things. Um, and like yeah, you said, in like, at Walmart, it's it's almost like you put this much fear and, and information into the average person's head. And instead of them going out and either being like, yes, I'm going to advocate for child, like donate to these organizations, or I'm going to research and figure out how I can help, or I'm going to research how these things actually happen. I'm just going to assume at all times, someone wants to take my child to sex traffic them. And I felt like that's the only thing that that was like happening. Yeah. I During 2020. Hey, we know that deconstructing religious trauma is hard and can feel heavy when you're doing it on your own. We get it. We're right here with you in this process. The one thing we can always go back to is getting quality therapy with a licensed mental health professional. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. BetterHelp is the world's largest leading therapy service, and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 25,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then you can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's via text, chat, phone, or video call. You can message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions when it's convenient for you. If your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you expect from in-office therapy but with a therapist who is custom picked for you. You'll have more scheduling flexibility at a more affordable price. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash cheers. That's better, H-E-L-P.com slash cheers. It's, it's so, it's, it just like, it runs so deep into the, the thought reform and like the, the thought terminating mantra, essentially phenomenon that you were talking about of like, just kind of the psychology behind the white evangelical nationalist, like totalistic ideology. Um, and, and I think about, I read the book called Conspirituality. Um, if you haven't read it, I recommend, I highly recommend it. Um, it's also, write it down. it's also a podcast. Um, and the co-hosts for this podcast, um, all basically survived new age cults at various okay. points and they came together and they, they put this all into like a book basically. And they talk about like the connection between like the new age and conspiracy theories. And mm-hmm. this is absolutely fascinating because when you look at QAnon, it really does, um, it, it, it split between two different demographics that you would absolutely not think should be connected at all. And that is the white evangelicals and 
the new age spiritualists and like mm-hmm. the white evangelicals hate the new age spiritualists. This doesn't make any sense, but the conspirituality right. book really focuses just on the new age side of things, which was something that I was much less familiar with because I, I definitely come from the evangelical side of things. Um, and they right. explained why the new age really kind of like is drawn to these conspiracy theories. And I think that it explains also why white evangelicals are drawn to it. And like, this must be the commonality. And then that is that it takes very big, scary, systemic worldwide problems, like whatever it is, like climate change or child sex trafficking, or just like evil in general. Um, and you know, the big existential issues of life and you internalize it. And so when they were in their new age cults, they were told, um, that, you know, if we can get enough people in the world to meditate at once, like we'll achieve world peace. Or if there was like a tsunami in like Malaysia or something on the other side of the world, then like, oh, you weren't meditating enough. And like, that's your fault. So they like internalize all of these external issues. Thinking It's exactly what evangelicals do when they say Mm -hmm. that they you know, like, well, I don't need, we don't need to address systemic issues. We just need to be nicer to our neighbors. We just need to pray, pray more. About things. I just mm-hmm. need to be a light in my sphere of the world. And right. like, God will take care of the rest. And it's literally mm-hmm. the same thinking. And yeah, I think that that kind of is like how they're approaching this like sex trafficking issue of like, somehow it's like all about them. And they somehow kind of think that they're taking responsibility. It sounds like a good thing that they're taking responsibility to say that, like, you know, it's about me. Like, I need to, you know, have more influence in my circle. I need to pray more. I need to be a better person. It sounds like you're taking responsibility, but in actuality, it's the complete opposite. And you are obfuscating responsibility because you need, there are things you should be doing and like education that you should be like acquiring and, um, you know, organizations that you should be supporting. Right. Right. And I would even go one step further out, out, like, I guess, and I just see this among evangelicals, I guess, but maybe it's along with this thinking as well of like new age, whatever it is, meditation with sound of freedom and with things like sex trafficking, um, like this, what's his name? There was a guy who wrote an article. It was very like Mike Miles Clee. He wrote an article um, called, I have all these pop-ups coming up. Uh, Sound of Freedom is a superhero movie for dads with brainworms. I don't know if you heard that or you read it. I read that one. But he mentions fetish, fetish, fetishizing in it. And I, I don't want to like talk about people who do have fetishes because that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about healthy, consensual things like that. We're talking about from the evangelical perspective. <laughs> Sorry, my dog is like trying to break down our door. He's <laughs> like, let me out. I can't hear this anymore. Um, he he talked about how like it was almost like fetishizing and I don't want to say glorifying, but it was like this weird thing where we just wanted to like he said he felt bad even watching the movie. Like he was going to get arrested because of how into detail they went and how there was a bunch of people being like, amen and cheering and all this like different stuff. But it was like, what is like with as like 
there's like really horrible things in all the parts of the world, right? And this is one of the very dark, horrible things that happens, especially involving children, right? And it seems like we want to know more. We really want to like get in there and just pull out the guts. And it, I don't know, it just feels like there's like a weird obsession with this when it comes to like evangelicals. And that's why I use the word fetishizing fetishizing. I can't no, I a hundred percent agree with that. Like it's you almost like I a mean? horror fetish and yeah. it's an, and almost like sexual though, too, because yeah. they are very concerned because they won't stop talking about pedophiles. I'm like, why are you guys so obsessed with this? Because I don't feel like it's about the children. If that makes sense. Like, I don't feel like we're actually trying to stop things. I think we're just trying to continually talk about it, well, but I don't know why. Well, the, if they fixed it, then they wouldn't have, you know, like the moral crusade that they're looking for. And and that was another thing to do with kind of like the summer of 2020 hashtag save the children movement. I, you know, I think that that really was so popular when it was because it was also the summer of BLM. And so you had all of these white Christian Mormon mommies who wanted to have the moral superiority of like, of a movement like BLM, but they're like racist, but their own thing. So Mm -hmm. they found, okay, well like what's worse than racism, child sex trafficking. So it's like, it's like a one up and like exactly what you're saying with like, almost like this horror fetish is that like, and this is why I keep saying that I think that it's just like a, it's a part of that in group out group dichotomy. Like the worse you make the outside look, the better you make yourself feel. And They they do the and same thing. As we thing. know, evangelicals feel like shit about themselves because <laughs> we're sinners. It's it's like a <laughs> we weird. Can't do anything it's right. a weird uh, cognitive dissonance because you mm-hmm. are like a you're you're a trash slug person who has like sinned right. against God, but at the same time you're the chosen Better special than... person who's getting to go to heaven, and everybody else right. is evil. So, but like you see the same exa- you see the same thing with every evangelical culture issue. So like a- abortion, like they will go into gory detail about how like they yes. dice up fetuses and yes. things. And, and it's, it's an exaggeration. It's, and it's oftentimes Most misinformation. Do not happen like that. Right. Like oftentimes it's just like flat out lies, but like it is, yes. it's just a, it's a gory narrative to make themselves feel like the righteous superhero. Mm-hmm. So everyone loves a white savior, savior, I guess. Yeah. But like, okay, I just want to touch on one more thing that I was seeing in my feed with Sound of Freedom. And that was the like theaters were sold out, but the seats were empty. Did you see a bunch of that? I saw some of it. I don't know on how true it is. Uh, well, I found something that I guess like, and I think this might make sense. And I, yeah, I didn't know how true that was either. But I know there was like multiple accounts on it and articles written. But again, you know, you don't know what's true or not. But I guess... Um, I mean, I felt like this was one of their most controversial like elements about like the movie, but I guess, um, at the end, I think it was the end of the film. There was like a call to action in its credits where they like wanted patrons to like help quote rate ways. Oh my God. Raise awareness of child trafficking, but instead of donating to anti anti-trafficking groups or even directly to Ballard's effort efforts, patrons are asked to pay it forward by purchasing additional tickets for the film. So I wrote, I have the direct so, quote for that. I, it's, okay. They said, so there were two, two quotes. One of them was, um, 
from Jim Caviezel in like an interview. And it kind of goes with this. He said like, we believe that this movie has the power to be a huge step forward toward ending child trafficking. And it will only have that effect if millions of people see it. So basically going back to just like, you know, like obfuscation of responsibility. The only thing that you have to do to end the most gruesome horror known to man is just watch a movie. And then the the quote at the end of the book of the end of the movie was, um, Oh no. Did I not write that down? I thought I did. Was it, we don't have big studio money to market this movie, but we have you. That was a part of it. Um, okay. That's the only quote I found, but it was like when he was out of character at the end and the QR appears. I, I I wrote down in the QAnon anonymous podcast where they talk about this, Travis view, his, his take on this end statement was, uh, he then offers a call to action not to do anything tangible, but to, to help abuse children rather, uh, to encourage others to watch the movie. Yeah. I thought, I think that's why. I was just always curious because I, that's what kept popping up in my feed for Sound of Freedom. Yeah. And I was like wondering what the heck was going on. I didn't know if like the, like there were fun, like the people who were funding the film were buying up these seats. But now that I hear that, I'm like, maybe that's what's happening. Well, they, they were <laughs> but saying. if you're buying the seats, but not inviting anyone to go, <laughs> then I'm like, you just have empty theaters. They were saying that you could like, you could like basically like pay for tickets so that like other people could like come in and be like, Hey, like we don't have money, but we want to watch the movie. Um, and, no and one does. That. I read an article, <laughs> I read an article about that and I don't remember the specifics cause I didn't write down the statistics or anything, but I think that they mm-hmm. were saying that that didn't make up for like an, an, an overly significant amount of the ticket sales. Like they were saying that okay. like 90 plus percent of the ticket sales were to like real people. Um, okay. And that this wasn't people quote paying it forward. Uh, yeah. Um, and I think that the pay it forward, like model was something I might be making this up, but I think that it said that that was a model that had been employed by the passion of the Christ as well. Um, but yeah, because it's, it's a mission movie. It's about like, you know, the, to end child sex trafficking, we just need to Mm -hmm. give Tim Ballard more money, you know, not (laughs) like not actually because he doesn't have enough. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So, oh, and like I, another article I read said that like Tim Ballard himself, um, he's actually not with Operation Underground Railroad anymore. He, yeah, he left right before the film like released. I think right? it was more of a before. he was removed situation. They're not releasing mm. a lot of details, but like something I read said that it was like to do with HR issues. Um, but before Don't he like left, that. before he left in 2020, he was making over like $500,000 was his salary. So from a nonprofit, from a nonprofit. Yeah. Super good. And there are TikTok videos out there too. If you guys want to get into the nitty gritty about how much the underground railroad made and, um, how much they actually spent on child sex trafficking, like efforts to end it and how much they actually probably spent on their own salaries. I'm pretty sure that they have, like, I saw something that said they had from like recent tax statements like thanks to the summer of 2020 and as and that was the other thing is like with all the hype for that hashtag tim ballard purposefully played into it 
Like it was a conspiracy theory movement that was harming other activist groups, but like Tim Ballard, like fed off of it and gained a lot of popularity. And after 2020, his fundraising, um, into operation underground railroad skyrocketed because he basically played people. And the last thing that I saw, I think it said he had like $46 million, like just sitting in, in the contribution. Yeah. Just sitting in the ORU bank. Like it wasn't actually being used, but I, you know, I don't know what the inner workings of the organization it's are. It's just business, baby. Yeah. It's just business. It's all this just very the fruits sketchy. of capitalism. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's just called capitalism. We okay, can, we can blame Reagan. Gang <laughs> <laughs> Reagan. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, that is all I had, and I feel like we gave everyone a crap ton. Your 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 minds are probably spinning from the amount that we have talked about, but I love it because I ever since I heard about this movie and I saw all the Christians in my Facebook feed, uh, being like, go watch it. It's amazing. And I hadn't heard of it because I am in the world that I am now on purpose. And so I wasn't hearing about it. And I was like, Oh my God, there's another movie. Um, and so I wanted to talk about, especially with the QAnon, you know, roots and ties to it. And I wanted to bring you on to talk about it because it's relevant and you know things and you've researched (laughs) and it's unfortunate, but here we are. I think the world ended in 2020 and we're just in hell now, actually, is probably... You're just like nodding. That's yes. my favorite conspiracy. Like, but yeah. <laughs> there was Well, and I had another conspiracy, which we don't even need to talk about, with all the weird undocumentation of Tim Ballard's efforts. I was like, what if he's the real child sex <laughs> I'm not going to go that far. What if he's the one? <laughs> but like... <laughs> I wouldn't go that far either, but that kind of was like the thinking, right? When you're mm-hmm. starting to like tie things together and you're like, oh my God. What if you go because so far down, like the studying the rabbit hole that like you just kind of become the rabbit hole? <laughs> yes, exactly. And QAnon, I think, really ruined conspiracy theories for everyone because sometimes some of us really just enjoyed learning about them, right? And we never took them seriously. We'd like to go down the rabbit hole and we're like, this is a cool idea. We obviously know it's not true because we are of sound mind. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, you know, now it's like we can't even joke about it because people are doing this shit. So I think there's a, I was just saying, I think there's a difference between like conspiracy theories and like moral panics. And so if you want to talk about Bigfoot, like I, I want you to have that. (laughs) I want you to have it too. Do, do your thing. If, I mean, and you know, now aliens apparently are real. So like, that's cool. Beam me up, Scotty. (laughs) Um, I'm yeah. Anything that's not harming people is fantastic. I love it. And I want to talk about it. Um, when it's things like this, you, you just, you went down too far, I guess is what you did. Um, so anyway, if you didn't know, now, you know, (laughs) the absurdity that is still happening with QAnon and sound of freedom and, we did, I didn't watch it. Did you watch it? I haven't seen it yet because I don't want to buy a movie ticket, but I listened to like a play-by-play of the yeah. plot and everything. Okay. And I've cool. seen clips. Yeah. We didn't want to support I'm going to wait until it is out of theaters <laughs> and I can like not pay money to the organization. Right. Yeah. And I think... Yeah. I just might have to play a drinking game when you watch yeah, it. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just want to like reiterate that like... This is a real issue. Like child sex trafficking is very serious. And that like 
We're not saying that like Tim Ballard and Operation Underground Railroad are 100% evil and that they have never no. done any good, but we need to be able to have a conver- a critical conversation about some of the ethical concerns that actual experts have brought up. So that's that's right. I want to that's what I want the takeaway. And to be. the fact that they are on the fringe with the other organizations that do this is concerning. Yes. But there are actual, you know, organizations that are legit and doing the work and this is an issue and it's, it's been an issue for a very long time and we're not here to shit on it. We're just here to shit on QAnon and sound of freedom and evangelicals trying to be the white savior. Like they're always trying to do. (laughs) So, all right. Well, thank you for being with us this evening and for drinking wine with me and talking conspiracies. I always enjoy it. Um, and yeah, we'll hopefully not see you again. Because <laughs> if we see you again, that means there's another fucking sound of freedom or another conspiracy or something blew up. No, I'm just kidding. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And I also hope to never be back. <laughs> I just want you in my DMs. I don't want you on my show talking about really tense things. I'm yeah. just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm sure we'll have you back on. <laughs> Well, thank you. All right. (laughs) Bye, everyone. Bye. Looking for a safe place to deconstruct? If so, I have the place for you. We have a Facebook support group. And if you're not in it, you should absolutely be in it because there's a lot of amazing conversations happening in this group. So if you are wanting to be in a community with others who are in the same deconstruction process, find us on Facebook, Cheers to Leaving Support Group. You can also click the link in our show notes and it will take you to that page. You can request to join, answer the questions, and um, become part of the conversation. We're looking forward to seeing you there. Thanks for listening to Cheers to Leaving. We are seriously so glad you're here. Follow us on Instagram at Cheers to Leaving. Our sound and editing is by Cameron Smith. Please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Please subscribe and share with your friends and others who may be deconstructing. You can also email us at cheerstoleaving at gmail.com with your stories about leaving evangelicalism. See you in two weeks.